0: the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This.
1: This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation.
2: AV Nation is brought to you by
1: Sure, because every voice matters.
3: A state of control. Support
0: for AV Nation is brought to you by Atlas IED. Innovative audio solutions for every business environment.
1: Welcome to A State of Control, an AV Nation podcast that highlights the control, programming, and automation aspects of the audiovisual industry. My name is Steve Greenblatt. I'm your host. Thanks for joining us. This is an interesting a first for us, and... And sitting across from me, and this hasn't happened in a long time, is my co-host here, Uncle Richie, Rich Fregosa. How are you, Rich?
0: It is mellow but super hot Las Vegas. Greetings right now. <laughs> but this actually is our first. This is our first, uh, well, not quite live, but live to disc show that we've been able to record uh, with are good friends. So, man, it's great to see you. You know, it is it is. uh, I was, you know, I was in Barcelona last month, and it was great to finally kind of get in the presence of people. But it has been a hug fest. I think there's like two years of hugs that have been pent up (laughs) entering all of these rooms.
1: Absolutely. And uh, we didn't mention, but we are in Las Vegas for Infocom 2022. And uh, with us here are two of some our regular guests, and we're glad to j- have them join us in person as well. The first is Dave Hatz from Room Ready. Dave, how are you?
2: Doing awesome. Again, I'll echo the same thing. It's just great to be back in person with all you guys.
1: So great. And last but not least is Mike Krejci from CTI. Mike, how are you?
2: I- I'm great, Steve. It's uh
3: it's been really good being back at Infocom and, and seeing people I haven't seen in a while or ever met in person. Uh, me and Richard talked many times. We've never actually met in person until today, so uh, it's really good to be here. It's well, so and,
0: you know, previous times, you know, obviously new promotions, new gigs for you. You know, the, when when we were on, had you on earlier, uh, you know, broadcast, you know, Mike had different roles. But, you know, definitely moving up. Congratulations, by the way. Thank uh, you. Why don't you tell us about that?
3: Um... Yeah, I'm Director of Programming now at Conference Technologies of our Centralized Programming Group. Uh, so, our Centralized Group does 95% of the programming for our company and uh, we test everything in-house, get it sent out uh, to hopefully speed up things when it gets out to uh, the client site to make our jobs as fast and efficient as possible.
0: And you did something really cool, which was, uh, you know, again, Mike is reticent to talk about himself. but. Uh, <laughs> He spearheaded, you know, quite a bit of their internal uh, education efforts, and so it was just last week, wasn't it? Uh, so we're recording on the seventh, uh, June seventh, but I think it was last week or two weeks ago. Yeah,
3: two weeks ago we held a, a programming summit of our of our centralized team, got everybody in the same room from across the country, and uh, it was the first time that group that group's ever been in one room. So uh, normally we work on nine different projects in nine different directions, and uh, being able to collaborate. Uh, Re- re- rejuvenate everybody and uh, get on the same page. Uh, figure out some strategic goals. It was really good.
1: Wow, very, 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 cool. Well, I think one of the things that we're seeing, and I, I thought maybe we'd cover today, is uh, where is programming headed? You know, we talk about this quite a bit, and we're all here probably to see what the future holds. I think that's what pe- why people come to trade shows, and that, that's why we we are here to collaborate and. Um, uh, you know we 've talked about modern programming languages we 've talked about no programming required and you know, it seems to be a little bit all over the map, but there, there is I think a lot more of a push these days to looking at software development methodologies um, you know Rich I, I, I know that you oversee a team a lot of times and you look at things from more of an architecture standpoint and you 're able to assign tasks and roles and have bring in specialists to right. To, to really tackle the, the particular needs of a project and also look at projects, especially on a large scale, as subsystems? Uh,
0: yeah, you know, a big part of it is, you know, we, we, we've been talking about the no program required uh, uh, hopes <laughs> for, for the past few years. And I think that we're starting to see some traction in terms of integrator specific tools that are great because they, they are. Tools that can flatten the curve once you stay within the box, and we've always talked about, you know, my my line has always been that if you've got the Panda Express version of it, you know, you know it's going to be the same in Anchorage as it's going to be in Brooklyn, um, and and those are great, and and there are tools that integrators need to be able to get in, deploy quickly. Um, but what I'm noticing lately about the show and and just with the exhibitors, and I've got you know the good fortune of being able to interview the exhibitors while I'm going through each of these booths. Um, is that having to deal with the term meeting equity and a can solution, they are not coming together right now. And so what we're finding is that, much like the old days, uh, you know, I think somebody said uh, a little Post on social media the other day, which was, you know, with supply chain issues, especially right now, the fact that you know we're having hardware issues is that we're cobbling together manufacturers all over the place, and it's like the '90s all over again for many of us, where instead of a simple integrated solution, there's like five different solutions that we are just absolutely, you know, Allen wrenching these things together, and uh, as somebody said the other day, they were using their digital duct tape to keep it all in.
1: And that's how we started though, yeah. isn't it? I mean, we, we started with a, a bunch of disparate pieces of a gear and that's what the control system did is it unified them. And at, at some of that has been lost over the years, I think, because more, more uh, manufacturers are trying to play in every arena and they're also trying to sell single brand ecosystems. And that model may be challenged right now because as you said, if you can't get a part, then what? Right. And if you're, if you're not uh, API capable, then you can't even make that work, where you're you're integrating that one last piece to be able to make the system operate. And I think that that's
2: what's holding up a lot of projects these days. Well, and and the conferencing platform is a new variable, to really, to that equation too, because we're trying to integrate all those pieces. But when you have a conferencing platform that is trying to set the experience to simplify, you know, the experience to standardize it, now we've got constraints where we may not be able to control. We may, and it's not for lack of trying, it's mm-hmm. just there's a walled garden for the other half. Yeah. And so, to, again, to your point, Rich, that's I, I agree 100% that, that the experience is not being delivered and we're trying to get creative and think outside the box of all these disparate things with cases where we can't actually, like we can't achieve the final goal We've got to try to get as close as we can and then hope with the next software release from the platform or from the manufacturer that it doesn't just shake up the whole ball and uh, send us right back to where we were.
0: Well, and then Mike, I mean, you're the head of a programming team for an integrator. right? So your challenges have got to be even doubled on
3: top of that. Right, because we're trying to figure out, you know, not only what's available today, but that we're not running in 30 different directions across the company. Right, we're trying to focus on what can we get, where should we set look set our blinders to, what can we install, what can we deploy, and how do we train our folks to know how to use it, how to configure it, how to set it up, how to design for it, so we're not just using everything onto the market. There's a thousand booths here. We can't go buy from every one of them, otherwise we'll be a mess, so we have to pick, you know, Certain solutions that we know we can do over and over and over again and replicate without having to retrain every day.
1: So, is it a chicken and an egg thing now? Because you know, as Dave said, you know, have the conferencing platforms, and a lot of times those are ingrained in within a, an organization, and that that's probably not going to change that quickly. Um, so, is it to get them to uh, be more flexible and accommodating, or do you have to? look at it from the other perspective and say, we, we want to come in with solutions that we know are proven and s- promote that to a client and say that we're going to take care of you here.
3: It, w- the first question now on on any client is what's your platform, right? And that wasn't a question we asked a couple of years ago because we could make it work with, you know, the interop back in age 323 and, um, you know, with video conferencing, we could, you could do a Cisco and a Polycom and, th- and they'd work together in meetings and video meetings were prevalent, but you were using the room more locally than you were for the far end. Now your first question has to be, are you Zoom? Are you Teams? Are you Google? Are you WebEx? Which one? We want to do it all. let okay, let's, let's pump the brakes. How are we going to do it all? Pick one, which one are you going to support in your organization? And let's go that way.
1: I, I, so Dave, I, I guess for, from your perspective, are, are clients coming asking for input as to what, what is easier to integrate with or they're saying this is what we're, we're going to use and you're going to figure
2: out how to make it work? From a, from a device standpoint, it's sort of a mix. We have some that are very set on they've figured out the direction they think they want to go and others that are saying just get me there, you know, tell me what it takes. Um, you know I think for us what we see the you know the real challenge being you know sort of what Mike said is that there's some companies who are set in one standard one platform there's some that have know they're going to go on a journey from the platform they're on today to the next one um, and there's others that are in still after two years of this uh, pandemic are still not they just haven't made a decision hmm. and I think for us, one of the big challenges is trying to lock them down in what are their thoughts really? What are their real expectations? You know, not so much asking them, what do you want, but really determining what are the hard variables? What really are they set on? What are are the constants, I guess, frankly? And with that, okay, let us try to propose a solution and an experience that delivers a significant amount of Your wish list, probably not all of it, though. That in a lot of cases, the days of we're going to custom tailor every last detail for the entire experience. We know what level of effort that really takes to go that last mile. Do we really need to fight that battle? Or I don't like to say it, but is good enough. Good enough. So Rich,
1: Are we at a point now where where there's more um, i guess uh, we, we look at things more from a from a bigger perspective of hey I need to be able to to mix and match here even from a control standpoint instead of being dedicated to one control vendor can you see it now that we're we're looking outside of the uh, of our our uh, traditional world of control.
0: Well, I think we have to, and, and a, a bigger part of it is that it's not even us; it's not even our industry. Um, you know, the conversations that I've been starting to have with clients, because again, you know, I, I bridge resi and commercial, is that okay? I know that this is a question that you're asking me in the middle of 2022, but I need to start talking to you about what I can actually execute in 2023 and it is requiring first um because again nobody likes throwing good money after bad and the hardest conversation right now is that which is well i want it i i know you want it (laughs) you know it's it you know it's the toddler it's like you know i'm arguing with a toddler on this one it's like i i understand you want it we have a way to get you to, like Dave was saying, to good enough. I said, obviously it's not where we want to be long term, but it puts you on a road down to that next step for 23 to the solution. And it's and, and there are difficult conversations that are going on that that as integrators, as, as consultants, as everything else, is you also have to decide from a company standpoint, do I want to get paid now on the short term, maybe make a buck, know that I'm providing a subpar solution possibly, and maybe not have that client come 23? Or do I have the hard conversation and say, we've got a choice. How are you going to spend it? How are we as control system advocates going to position, and and that's a, a conversation that I think is starting to happen a little bit between integrators and kind of back channels of like, how are you handling this? But I know that some of the, the companies and, and people that I talk to around the country, I'm like, look, you know, it's, can you weather it? Because that is becoming the question, too. You know, it, it is, we need stuff to program. And if the stuff to program isn't there, then that's where everything's happening, where I, I can guarantee that it, all four of us have looked at stuff that we never thought that we would be touching again. Yeah. That wor- that has always worked great, right? And the only reason why we stopped using it is because we were told that we got to use the new one, even though the old one was working great. Right. You know, I'm finding that I'm having to go back, and I'm, I'm playing my greatest hits, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and going, hey, you know, this is going to be where we're at. But uh, I, you know, I've got I've got to be I've got to be able I got to be able to play the hits that you showed up to the concert for, right? I'm not playing my B-side stuff. You know, this is this is the stuff that was there that you you know that you bought you bought the album for, and and that's the conversations that we're having, which is okay. You know, it is. How can we cost-effectively, you know, take a look at it? The manufacturers are saying, Well, I don't want to see you to sell the old stuff. Well, it's like, Well, you know, again, I know what you want. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. you know, it is becoming it. And And for me, especially in resin and I'm starting to see it in commercial, and, and Mike had a, and I had a conversation about this about a month ago. I'm starting to see the call for voice. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm starting to see the maturation of that market and some of the partners that I'm working with, you know, in a different space on that. And that's just the whole brand new whack, ball of wax, which is, you know, we have it. We, we have C-level executives who are seeing commercials who are saying, I want to be able to come in and say, start the meeting. Great. <laughs> I, I love the idea. I, I love your enthusiasm. Let me tell you what it's going to take to get from here to there. And that goes back into we're using it. And, and so it's an exciting time in that. And I think that for our company, it's forced us to really spend time with what makes us uncomfortable. Because that is kind of the hallmark of a company, right? Can you look in the eye of what makes you uncomfortable and decide to grow from it? Or do you back away from it and go, gosh, I really just hope it's gonna be like it always was. And it's not. And that's that's, you know, the key for, you know, anybody listening to this show is it's it's not gloom and doom. It's just, you know, like I've always said is be be brutal with your weaknesses, right? Be brutal with them. Find it out and then see what you can do to switch it around. Because that's what's going to create your longevity. Whether you're working as a programmer, whether you're heading a programming team, whether, you know, like you and I, you know, we, we own companies that, that specialize in this. Um, it, it is, and if any of the indications that we see of a downturn are coming, you know, we start seeing that double whammy coming in as well. Given the fact that meeting equity is something that's going to be happening. So our enterprise customers you know, aren't going to be getting as much real estate to put. A thousand huddle spaces. It, you know, I'm in. I'm in the middle of the Silicon Valley. It is a very real thing right now that the office space usage from companies is shrinking. So, from the commercial side, you're now going to become a residential integrator, whether you want to or not, because of the meeting equity needs for work from home.
1: I wanted to touch on something that I think is is kind of interesting and scary at the same point, but when we talk about not being able to have equipment to program on, where does that leave us? <laughs> I mean, it, and, and if you think about it, it, it sounds kind of silly because programming, everybody is used to just programming in the environment that is in front of them, and it's, it's, that's one of those things that really doesn't um, run out of supply. You know? <laughs> uh, you know, so Mike, I'll,
3: I'll let you, you take that. Uh, I think one of the things we're having to do is pivot, right? Is our our programmers who are specialists in a certain language or a certain platform or certain devices are having to pick up new skills. You know, okay, we can't get this box, but we can get this box. Oh, well, I've got to learn this now. And they're taking that training. Luckily, you know, one of the benefits of being a little bit slow, not having stuff to program, is we've got a little bit of extra time. So we can spend a couple extra hours a week going to dive into that new software, dive into that new platform, uh, expand our knowledge so we can try and find out, uh, you know, some other platforms to do in uh, other ways to keep product going out the door that is available.
2: Well, and I mean, if you think back 20 years from now, or 20 years ago, we were doing things different than we are today. And incrementally, we evolved over that time. Right now, it feels uncomfortable because the pace has pr- accelerated a bit, but we've always adapted. Right. We've always moved, you know, back in the day, you know, you remember Rich, you know, there was one or two, there were two vendors. Yep. And you were all in with one or all with, in with the other, and gradually, over a few years, it shifted from one to the other, and then it shifted back some, but it was sort of a ping pong between those two, and we saw it. You know, developers had to, you know, had to get outside their comfort zone maybe and start to learn the other one. Well, now there's more options. You know, sort of what, Mike, what you were saying there. And we can't be afraid of that change. We can't be afraid to embrace it. Um, you know, I've said it before, you make your own fortune. And so you, you will struggle to be effective and to be relevant if you just stay and try to do it the same way you've always done. Um, one of the sayings I give my team a lot is you can't keep trying to do the same thing and just do it harder. You've got to get be smart about it. Yeah.
1: So that, that kind of brings us to where we are right now in, in that we're, we're, we're seeing that pendulum go from one side to the other. Um, what, what are we looking for at, at, at an event like this? What, what do we hope to walk away with? Are we looking to... Find a trend? Are we looking to see somebody coming out with with a solution, or are we we just using this as a way to have good conversations to figure out, you know, how, how do we come up with those proper solutions, or or or, or how are other people tackling those challenges?
0: I, I got to say, you know, without overtly saying it, the manufacturers are like, we've got to come up with virtual solutions. Yeah, and, and they are all. None of them are, are saying why they came up with them. They're just saying, "Look, we did it," and that's fine. You know, I mean, seeing DSPs, you know, virtual DSPs. Um, I just uh, had a interview with Atlas IED. They're coming up with modules, and they went, "Hey, we're going to go ahead and start." I mean, these are things that, you know from the control system standpoint, we've always looked at being agnostic as much as we can. Mm-hmm. Manufacturers are seeing that same writing on the wall going, how are we going to keep our dealers? How are we going to keep them when we do start making hardware again? You know, they are, they are seeing that, um, you know, the, they, they can no longer get by with, well, you should have bought a lot of it earlier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, and, and so, of the manufacturers that I've started to get a chance to, to talk, and I mean, we're, we're at day one of the show, but that is something that I saw. I mean, I saw it at ISE, I saw it, I saw it you know, the grumblings of it in Europe, but I was really curious to see how it was going to happen stateside, and it is definitely continuing that trend stateside. It's getting better. You know, I mean, that's mm-hmm. the thing, is that it was the first few versions of some of these virtual DSPs was, it was rough. Uh, but it's getting better because there are firmware updates, there are software updates. You know, they're figuring out best practices. On okay, we've now had a thousand case studies of how this thing blew up. We know how not to make it blow up anymore. You know, and, but it's just like we do in control systems programming, right? They're learning from a manufacturer level what we've been doing for thirty years, <laughs> right? Which is every way possible to make it fail.
2: The interesting thing, though, I'm starting to see too, is more awareness of as you virtualize where does the software really reside? And that is a really important factor that I don't think has been given enough attention in the discussion of virtualization. Mike, we we had lunch yesterday together and we were talking about it. The fact that compute, in a lot of regards, is just compute, but what we do is real-time. What we do needs dedicated resources. Now, that can be on, you know, whether it's on a black box, or a hypervisor, or a Raspberry Pi, you can, we can argue all day what's the right path, but realizing that the decision of where we host that, what the resources are, are they reserved, protected, for our purposes, so that our software can operate as expected all the time, is a new consideration that we haven't had to think about when we're in the black box world that we've been because that's the development that the vendors have done for us. And so as I've walked around and had some discussions even here just this morning, I'm hearing that both an awareness of that but also a volunteering of that being a consideration that needs to be discussed. And I'm actually a little surprised that a few of the vendors I've talked with are fairly open that they're really committed to giving options, not to just saying this one methodology is the way it needs to be, which I think is really healthy. I think that's, you know, what's going to make the the concept of virtualization of any software um, certainly have a chance at success.
3: And I think one of the things with virtualization, like you're talking, is who, own, who owns that piece of metal, right? At the end of the day, it comes down to a piece of metal that goes in, in, a, in a rack behind a display that we're having to load an OS onto, <laughs> right? We're AV guys, right? We've learned control programming, we, we can do that. We're not good at hardening a Linux, a Linux box. We're, that's not skill sets we have. It's ones we have to build up. It's a blind spot, right? Like it's a weakness and we have to find it and figure it out. But
2: again, the manufacturers have been doing that for years I wish they could do it now. (laughs) Well, and and to where, Steve, where you sort of started our discussion here, the scale of it. Even if we're doing bespoke solutions every time, the scale of, if we're going to harden that appliance, Mike, as you talk, we have to harden it the same way to a standard, to a checklist every single time. We can't just go off of, oh, I know OSs. Here, I'm just going to do this and that and this and that because someday we're going to be asked about that. And yep. we need to be able to show up and say, this, these, this is my process. This is, you know, the way I'm going to do it. And again, this is all before we get to talking the software on it, you know, where our forte is. But it's something also that I see falling to our community because we are the closest thing that our firms have to someone who can figure this out. Sounds exciting. It sounds
1: like it, we, we. Although it's a challenge, you know. Now all of a sudden we we've put a spotlight on what we do, and and it, this to me is like truly, IT
2: meets AV. Well, it's a, in my mind it's an opportunity because we've talked about how do we stay relevant. Mm-hmm. Well, this is an opportunity for us to stay. We still bring value. This is how we can be relevant as an industry, as you know, a group within that industry, we still bring that value. Don't give up on custom developed software. Don't give up on configured software. Don't give up on what we do really well in making sure that that experience is delivered because the alternative is we're just going to accept what the black box does and it's good enough, you know, that on its own perceived as good enough and um, certainly, that has other consequences.
0: Well, and it's not like a corporate IT department is going to want to take on one more thing, right. you know, especially this. They, mm-hmm. You know, and, and that really does become what you were talking about about the exciting part and the and and the opportunity is that they've got enough threats across their corporate IT to deal with, to then throw in the oh by the way now can you guys find a server where you can host <laughs> this mm-hmm. for us and by the way you know well what does it do well it, Turns the TV on. You're joking, right? You know, I mean, that's that's those are the yeah. responses that you're getting, um, and it is that opportunity to, again, you know, how are you doing it at, from a control system st- standpoint? Is you know, again, becoming that expert, the deployment expert, which is the entire ecosystem, right? The soup to nuts, the liaison between. Because again, if you don't got parts to put it in program, you got to get. You know, like you are saying, it's the time to bone up on things. You know, looking at cybersecurity, looking at all of the threats that are coming on, because at hardening you know, those devices, the minute that you take a virtualized device with software that you're interfacing with, whether you believe it is your responsibility or not, you're still accountable yes. for any holes that are in there for any vulnerabilities that are in there, because I can guarantee the manufacturer who provides the software to put on the stuff isn't going to take any accountability for it. So you're still putting yourself on the line. So there there has to be that ability to, you know, hold the line for for the IT department to get the results that are out there. Uh, and it does. It takes time, and it becomes a matter of okay, well, how do I make money on it? Well. You take the time, you invest in it, you do your R&D, and it becomes part of your suite of services. Right. Do you need this part from our a la carte menu? No, we don't need it. We got corporate IT. Great, no problem. We'll interface with them. Oh, yeah, you know, they're overburdened. And we need, you know, have you had that discussion with them? Because, again, what do we always have with control systems, right? Oh, well, we bought the box. We thought that was included. Well, that is the good news about software now, right? You know, it is the subscription. It's like, okay, well, great. We'll give you version one of this. And you know, next year if you want to go ahead and work your way through to V2 and and that's where I see the opportunity. You know, that we're seeing more and more is the ability to readdress a lot more organically and a lot faster and effectively the growth of these systems because software is moving so fast. Clients it's it's a tough sell. But clients are understanding that hey, no, this is no longer I see you. We put in, you know, a, a DSL line, you know, or you know, an, an ISDN line, you know, <laughs> that we pulled in for our video conferences for Tokyo and London to talk to each other, and we're not going to see you for eight years, right? You know, though that 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 cycle, that life cycle of when the guy with the laptop, you know, you know, who are we? Where that's the guy with the laptop. Here he goes again, right? Um, but as the guy with the laptop being able to, you know, that that cycle has shortened. You know, are they? Absolutely the mammoth home run projects. No, I don't necessarily think you're gonna see those anymore because, you know, the the industry has changed. And it's much like, again, from Resi, you know, I mean there's a whole lot of guys who used to make their living off of twenty thousand dollar plasmas. They ain't around anymore because they ain't selling twenty thousand dollar plasmas. Um, so, you know, it, it 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 is neat seeing that opportunities, you know, because again it's easy to get into the doom and gloom of oh, you know, oh here we go again, you know, these are these are the things that are gonna drive us into the ground and then you know, during the course of these discussions, you know, mm-hmm. being able to kind of go, oh, you know, you're kind of right there. You know, I didn't think about it that way. There is that opportunity, which like Mike just said, you know, I mean, there's a core business just in hardening the stuff. Yeah. You know, and, and if you could become the expert in that, you manufacturer support, client support, all of these other things, you, know, you become the go-to people. And so, you know, yeah, great bit of advice, Mike. <laughs>
1: I mean, seriously, the system design then becomes soft. putting software applications together and making them work over a network is, is really. And, and so although, as you're saying, there's a challenge involved, it, the opportunity is there because what we were looking at a couple of years ago was we don't need you anymore because everything is no pro- programming required and we've become more of a configuration world and programmers are, are, are what, what are you guys going to be doing? from now on. I, I don't know. I, I do we do we think that this was going to be inevitable or did we
2: need this type of uh, a shock to the system in order to look at things differently? I think it accelerated it. I think it was I think we've been on this journey to really a software defined world for you know in our industry for a long time, but it very much accelerated it. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean the UC platforms, they kind of led the way of hey, we can turn the display on and off. But we found out it doesn't always work that way. You know, there's the systems in a box don't fully solve every need. They still have to be customized because, oh, we need to do at this one little thing extra. Well, the system in a box doesn't do that one little extra thing. So we're still needed. I think our skills are changing. What we're doing on a daily basis is changing, but we're still there. We're still needed. We're, I don't thi- see us going away.
1: I think that's a good place for us to wrap that. That's a great place. I'm here. <laughs> good, some positive vibes. <laughs> so, uh, thank you guys for being a part of this, and especially for taking time off the floor to spend with uh, Rich and I and uh, Mike uh, Krechich from CTI. How can people get in touch with you, learn what you're up to?
3: Absolutely, you can check out CTI uh, at CTI.com uh, or the Mike Krechich on all the socials, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me there.
1: Excellent. And- Dave Hats from Room Ready. How can people get in touch with you and, and what
2: you're up to? So, uh, RoomReady. dot com. Um, I'm probably most accessible on LinkedIn, but uh, float around the other, other social media's too. Well,
1: I thank you guys both for for uh, being here and uh, spend some time with us and uh, two of our more uh, famed guests. So, th- thanks for doing that. And as we approach our hundredth episode, we'll probably be calling on you again. So, Rich. Uh, this is wonderful. Yeah, were, yeah. I mean, like
0: I said, brought out the heavy hitters and, and thanks to Steve yeah. and actually also to to our friend Chris Neto for uh, for being able to provide the venue for us. So it was uh, it was very cool having a, a, a meeting of the minds here. Uh, But obviously, I'm sure you're going to ask how you can find Uncle Richie. Yeah. Uh, So uh, you can find me on Twitter, on the socials, at rfragosa. Hopefully, the best place that you're going to find me is here with my partner, Steve Greenblatt, as we go to the Road to 100 on our way to our 100th episode here on AV Nation. Um, And in fact, you actually, uh, this will probably be posting after the show, but I am live at the show floor actually uh, covering Infocom 2022 for AV Nation. So uh, you'll find many, many videos of me in the future uh, Uh, talking with many manufacturers about uh, what's the latest and greatest here. And so uh, you'll find that our Infocom 2022 coverage of for AV Nation, uh, we recorded Resi Week earlier. We've got State of Control. Uncle Richie's going for the hat trick. We'll have AV Week at the end of the week, um, as well as our complete coverage of the show, which you'll find on AV Nation TV. Please find us there, covering all of the vertical markets that we serve.
1: I think we have to make this a habit. I, yeah. uh, I'll, I'll go to CEDIA. You come to Infocom and ISC, and we'll be all set. That'll
0: be it. We got it. You know, we'll we'll <laughs> do it. Live. On the
1: road with uh, with Uncle Richie. <laughs>
0: I like it. That might be a new show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, you could find me at Steve Greenblatt on social media. Um, Twitter and LinkedIn are probably where I hang out the most and do a little bit of Sunday chat on AV in the AM. You could join us there. As we mentioned, Chris Netto was kind enough to invite us to spend some time in his booth here at the Staren booth at Infocom 22, and we really enjoy that. And you, as you can see on the wall, we have a nice setup here. And um, as, as Rich said, please check out Aviation uh, coverage of the show, as well as a bunch of other great shows, uh, the weeklies and the monthlies that are produced, and uh, the, the uh, great content there as always. Um, and and please uh, share some uh, some of some of our shows, uh, the ones that you think are the most important. And uh, as we bring uh, take the road to one hundred, we want to include more guests and. Make sure that we're covering the topics that our audience wants to hear. And I think that's what we have for today. And this has been A State of Control.